Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode, I don't even know which one this is, six? A, B, C, D, yes. E, F. Yeah, episode six. Yes. Okay. All right. You ready for this? Yep. Let's do it. Welcome to Encyclopedia Obscura. My name is Casey. And I'm Karen. And this is a new indie podcast where two friends journey through the encyclopedia, one weird, mysterious, or obscure subject at a time. Today's episode is titled F for Force. Forests are dense growths of trees together with other plants covering a large area. So basically my favorite place to be when it's not too cold. They are quite beautiful. Yes. Today I'm going to cover a former forest, the Petrified Forest National Park in Arizona's Painted Desert. VisitArizona.com describes the Painted Desert as an unforgettable encounter with Arizona nature where art comes to life, a broad region of rocky badlands encompassing more than 93,500 acres. This vast landscape features rocks in every hue, from deep lavenders and rich grays to reds, oranges, and pinks. So why is it a previous forest? So it's now a desert, but it was once a forest back in the... um, the I'm gonna say this word a thousand times the Jurassic era. Okay. So at the end of the Jurassic era, there the entire continent, like the mega continent Pangaea, existed, and there were volcanoes everywhere and floods. So uh, the trees were knocked down during these volcanoes and floods, and then like pretty quickly covered up with um, sediment and volcanic ash. Gotcha. And so they were like blocked from blocked from oxygen, which then like made their decomposition slow down a lot. And so before they could decompose, the cells were were replaced with quartz. Oh, cool! And that's how they became petrified. Nice. Yes, I actually have a better description of that somewhere later in this. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yes. Located in northern Arizona, the Painted Desert stretches from the Grand Canyon National Park eastward to the Petrified Forest National Park, with a large portion lying within the Navajo Nation. Did you get to see any of that when you were in the uh, in the Grand Canyon? Uh, if I did, I didn't recognize it for what it was in the canyon. I spent, I mean, there was obviously plant life and stuff like that and uh, forest like things, not like tall trees like we have out here in the east. But I spent a lot of time staring at the canyon walls, wondering if I'd survive climbing out of them because my feet hurt really bad. Oh, no. I took a lot of pictures. And at the time, I was like, I just got to take a picture because I'm looking at this right now. And I'm like trying to get through like my whatever it was, seven miles or eight miles, whatever day it was. And I look back, I'm like, wow, that was really pretty. But at the time, it was like, just like, you got to get through this. You know, don't be like the person on the on the team that like brings everyone else down, you know? Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> I didn't want to be the the slow poke. So I was pushing myself pretty hard to, to keep up with everybody else. I gotcha. I gotcha. So to my surprise, there are petrified forests all over the world. They're in Argentina, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, England, Germany, Greece, Georgia, the country, and all over the United States from New York to California. Huh. Yeah. So for something to be petrified, it has to once have been organic and then have been turned to stone. Okay. These locations are often called fossil forests because they tend to be loaded with evidence of prehistoric life. Cute. Yeah. So wait a second. Fossil forests is in like they're like where we're getting our oil from now. No. Okay. No, like they're actually actually forests of fossils, like actual fossils, dinosaurs and mammals and shit. Cool. 
So petrified national forests captured the Triassic era. The process is much slower than I imagined. How stuff works explains the process. The trees were uprooted by great floods or perhaps flows of lava, then washed down from the highlands and buried by silt and volcanic ash. Water seeped through the wood, replacing decaying organic material cell by cell with multicolored silica. The mineral that replaced the organic material in this case is quartz, the same stuff that modern mystics claim is healing. I believe that, actually. Do you? Yeah. I do not, because where we grew up, they're like huge quartz deposits. You don't feel healed? uh, No. And also our area has like one of the highest rates of cancer in the country. Do you think that the quartz is more like spiritual healing? Could be. I think you have to believe in it for it to work. I don't know. I have a couple stones that I feel like make a difference. Like I have a couple crystals in my room that I feel like chill me out more than if I were not to have them. I guess I could try it. I I mean, you're into yoga. How are you into yoga, but you don't believe in the healing power of rocks? Because yoga is about like transferring where your blood is flowing. So like when you're in downward dog, like the blood is like pulling in your feet and in your hands. And like then when you go to like mountain pose, it's leaving your hands. Like it's just about like a transfer of energy, like actual energy. I also believe acupuncture works. So I was not able to calm down. So Karen took me to my first and only (laughs) acupuncture visit. (laughs) And I spent the entire time just like trying not to move because they're like, oh, you know, relax, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And the entire time I was like, what if I accidentally twitch and the needle like disappears into my skin? And that's the only thing I could think about the entire time we were there. I mean, they're not like razor sharp. They're not going to just like slip through your viscera. You don't know that. I could be like softer than the average human. I could be like the Michelin man of people. I don't, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Because clearly that's ridiculous. Long story short, I don't know how to relax. Um, yeah, no, I think, well, so I did acupuncture for sciatica and it did not work. Oh, you should try quartz. Mm, Yeah. Let me put that quartz right on my hip. A little bit about the Triassic period. It lasted longer than 50 million years, 250 million years ago. Those are numbers that are like so high. I cannot grasp them. I just can't. I mean, we might, might make it to like our late seventies at this rate. I mean, with pandemics and all the other crap that's happened you know, fingers crossed. And driving cars. I don't think a car is going to take me out personally, but. Mm, I think me being a bad driver is going to take me out. You're not a bad driver. You're just a really slow driver, which is why I drive us everywhere when we go places together or when we did go places together pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, 50, you said million years? 50 million years long. So God, this is just one period that was 250 million years ago that lasted for 50 million years. The earth is so old and it only took us like a couple hundred years to really mess it up. Oh, for sure. But there were like several other extinctions. So I heard we're actually overdue for an extinction. Mm, I don't know. I don't know the science behind that. So I I don't know. I'm going to confirm we are overdue for an extinction. Everyone live life to your fullest. You never know (laughs) (laughs) when this is all going to end. I mean, when you only have 70 years. Yeah. Text that person back. Or don't. Or don't text them back. It's up to you. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I mean, if this person's giving you grief. Yeah, but like what I'm trying to say is like shoot your shot, you know, because worst comes to worst, you get turned down. And like how many times you get turned down in your life? You get turned down all the time. That's true. The worst thing they could say is no. Mm-hmm. And if you're a well-adjusted human being, you can handle a little rejection. Anyway, back to the Triassic period. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. So it started and ended with major extinction events like we were just talking about. Another thing I didn't know about this period is mammals existed. Like there were mammals back then. I, I can believe know. that. Why? You thought it was only the dinosaurs? Um. Yes. I'm clearly very stupid. Um, <laughs> not... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's all you hear about because they were the big bads. But yeah, yeah. there were ma- there had to be mammals, like tiny mammals, though. They weren't the big ones yet, right? Yep. We'll get to it. Um, well, we'll get to one. I hope and it's cute. Of course it is. Okay. So the mega continent Pangaea was still intact. And uh, the Petrified Forest National Park would have been in the center of Pangaea near the equator. Dinosaurs existed, but were not dominant at this time. And they were mostly pretty small. Uh, And dinos didn't really take over until the next period, the Jurassic period. My favorite movie. Well, my second favorite movie. My favorite movie is The Fifth Element. My second favorite Mm -hmm. movie is Jurassic Park. This is how we became friends. It's such a good movie. Everyone pause this. No, don't pause this podcast. Everyone cue up Jurassic Park for later on today because it Mm -hmm. still is a classic. Yes. Oh, what's that guy's name? Jeff. um... Oh, don't ask me to name anyone who's in (laughs) that. (laughs) <laughs> the guy with the shirt open what after he's yes. been attacked, like he was yes. like you know what this is the perfect time to be sexy and he totally just like unbuttons his shirt yes it's so ridiculous I jeff love it goldblum so goldblum that's right yeah that's i mean amazing. amazing he's no butch cassidy but <laughs> um in that movie he was way better than butch cassidy you will never sell me on butch cassidy it's the hat you have to imagine him without the hat no, no, no. I need to imagine him with his eyes further apart. They're fine. But <laughs> don't listen to her, okay? Your eyes are fine, all right? You are fine. Don't come um, at Butch like this, even though I forgot his name in the last episode. Anyways. They are not close. Moving on. Moving on. So what has been found in the Petrified Forest National Park? Land on me. Obviously, petrified trees. The trees found petrified are an extinct species of conifer called, and I'm going to mess this up, Arocaroxylon, Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) And they're in the same order as cedars, firs, and pines and are identified by the production of cones. All right. Cool. Yeah. I'm a nerd about plants. When I walk around the neighborhood, because that's literally all I do nowadays, I'm up to like four miles a day. It's That's becoming a situation. Well, I just don't want to be someday when I can actually go out and like do things. I don't want to be like winded walking up a flight of stairs. Although mm-hmm. I went down to grab the soda before uh, we started recording and I was slightly winded when I got up and I was like, well, clearly nothing's going to cure me. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. So when I walk around the neighborhood and this was back in the fall mostly, but there's still some left. There are pine cones near the the curb. And I like legitimately... <laughs> <laughs> like stop my stride so I can crunch on the pine cones because it's it's like one of that and a good crunchy leaf. Am I right? Oh yeah. I will like definitely just, step out of my way for that. So satisfying. Yep. Just crunch on that nature. Sure, I look like a lunatic to my neighbors, but they've seen me do about like, I don't know, a hundred miles at this point around the neighborhood. So whatever. That's all right. Okay. So the fossils are made of quartz, as mentioned before. The quartz is tinged red, purple, and yellow with iron oxide. Hmm. These trees are evidence that Arizona was a tropical expanse during the Jurassic period. Uh, they were 200 feet tall and had a and had two foot wide trunks. So uh, now I'm going to talk about some reptiles. Pseudosuchia remains were found. Uh, these are large reptiles that are in the same clade as crocodiles, which is Archosauria. I love crocodiles. They're the coolest creature. 
I don't know. I think there are other cool creatures. You'll we'll have to debate this later. They're apex predators, Karen. They're thousands of years I old. I mean, they are freaking old. They're not just thousands of years old. They're like millennia is old. Yeah. And they're still at the top of the food chain. Yeah. So in 2016, a new species of extinct reptile was proposed called the Scootrax deltalis. Why do you do this know. to yourself? Just say a new species. Because somebody might want to look <laughs> it up. And how are they going to like look it up if I'm just like a new species of reptile? No. They need to no, look up this. Fair. Scootrax, Scootarx, Scootarx, actually. Scootarx. They will definitely find it by your pronunciation of it. <laughs> there are sources <laughs> in the notes. <laughs> yeah, there will be sources, everyone. Uh, there's always going to be sources posted. So you can you can dive into this yourself if you'd like so to. So it was named for the knobby shield-like scales that protect its back. It was 15 feet long, armored like an armadillo, and ate plants. I didn't find any huh. documentation that this theory has been peer-reviewed yet, but this discovery could provide useful information to the taxonomy of species related to this species, other crocodiles and stuff. So a crocodile that eats yep. plants. Right. Um, these reptiles were wiped out during the mass extinction that ended the Triassic period. Um, so note, these aren't dinosaurs. They come from archosaurs, which is where dinos come from, but they branched in a different direction. And technically, all dinos share the same ancestor and hip bone shape. Also, according to Smithsonian Magazine, all birds are dinosaurs. I did know yeah. that, actually, which kind of... So I had a parakeet growing up, and he was very mean and bit me all the time. And so, like, technically, I've been attacked by a dinosaur. <laughs> I have never been bitten by a bird, but I have been bitten by a mouse. I have been bitten by a bird, a hamster, a dog. I was licked by a cat, and for a second I thought it had bitten me, but for the record, people, I'm I'm an animal lover. I'm very kind to animals. They choose violence against me. I do not provoke them. I've been bitten by a cat. Actually, I've got marks on my hand right now from Marla because I had to give her deworm. Do you medicine medication? Okay. I was just going to say medicine. You were going to throw out that she has worms. Um, we're not sure if she does, but we know Daphne has worms. So we just treated all the yeah. cats. Please get back to the forest. I haven't even told you how we found out. I don't want to know. Okay. All right. Um, so there are two confirmed dinosaur species found in the petrified forest. Coelophysis is an almost 10 foot long slim terrestrial carnivore that walked on two feet. It had short oh, I don't arm. like that. <laughs> Most dinosaurs walked on two feet. Two I feet. don't like it. Yep. So it had uh, <laughs> it had short front arm leggies, like the T Rex memes. Um, oh yep. It stood about three feet tall at the hip. Probably weighed between thirty and forty five pounds. It's thought to be fast and agile. It is the earliest known animal to have a wishbone, like a turkey. It had three functional fingers and a fourth embedded in its hand flesh. And that's like leftover from earlier ancestors. So they, oh so yeah, like earlier incarnations had four. And it could hold its prey with its hands. Its head was narrow and had forward facing eyes like most predators, giving it good depth perception. All right, so the next one, uh, the other dinosaur found in the petrified forest is called Chinosaurus. Uh, it's unique to southwestern U.S. The only specimen ever found was found in the petrified forest in 1984 and was nicknamed Gertie. 
after a 1914 cartoon character called Gertie the Dinosaur. Random. Yeah, totally random. There are other there are other fragments found that are thought to be Chinosaurus, but Gertie is the only specimen complete enough to identify. The name Chinosaurus comes from the Navajo word for ghost or evil spirit, Chinda or Chindi. Uh, like scary looking. Like why did they call it an evil spirit? Well, Gertie is a bipedal carnivore, so also walks around on two legs. Don't like it. And she was apparently thick bodied. Same. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that with long <laughs> legs and a long neck. Which I don't have long legs or a long neck. Me neither. I'm a little squat. <laughs> You're taller than me. Yeah. I'm just like weird shaped. It's not a- hard to be taller than me, though. I'm 5'4 and some change. Like I got nothing going on here. I have like the torso length of somebody who's like 5'10, but I have like the leg length of somebody who's like 5'5, five five, which makes me 5'7. I have the body of a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> Back to this dinosaur that scared people. Right, right, right. Um, So she was thick-bodied with long legs and a long neck. Her length, nose to tail, has been debated by scientists. So to be safe, we should say she's anywhere from six and a half feet to 13 feet long. Okay, so no one has any idea how long this thing is. Nope. Um, They believe she weighed about the same as a wolf. Uh, So 50 to 100 pounds. So also, that's kind of a big range. Wolves are tall, though. You always forget mm-hmm. how big they are. They are big. They're so tall. We got to see some this summer at this rescue place somewhere out in, near Lake State College. Like I've seen some wolves in a rescue. Maybe we were at the same place. Maybe. This was a while back, though. When I was camping in Canada in college, I heard wolves at night, but I thankfully did not see any because they would not have been behind a gate. <laughs> No, no. They were giving these wolves treats, though. Like, they would come. Like, the people would be on the outside of the gate. But then they'd call the the wolves like they would call dogs. And they'd come over and they'd give them treats and they'd do tricks. Aw. That kind of makes me a little sad, but also a little happy. Well, so where we were was, like, on the outside of, like, a mile fenced-off area. So they had a lot of, like, room to, like, be wolves. Okay. Well, there's that. I think it was okay. I hope it was okay. There's a little bit about wolves in my part that might make you kind of sad. So maybe I'll skip over that. I don't. I like to be sad. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, back to the dinos. Back to the dinos. It has been speculated that during the Jurassic and extinction, which uh, lasted 10,000 years, there was an increase in volcanic activity which led to Earth becoming warmer. Dinos may have been better suited to the heat than other animals due to their unique physiology and metabolism. And this could be how they ended up like being so huge and dominant in the Jurassic period. Makes sense. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. So the most recent species found in the petrified forest is, and I'm going to butcher this too. Woohoo! Let's make it a drinking game, everyone. <laughs> Catagidodon, <laughs> Catagidodon, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Ventus. <laughs> it looked like a rat and would have been only 3.5 inches long. So think smaller than a guinea pig, but bigger than a hamster. Okay. They are cynodonts, the extinct ancient cousin to mammals. Uh, they became extremely diverse during the Triassic period, uh, but became extinct in the early Cretace- Cretaceous period, not Cretaceous, Cretaceous period. You can find rats anywhere. That's true. That's what um, this is. This is just a dinosaur rat. It's not a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, dinosaur period rat. 
Okay. Well, anyways, they existed then. Uh, and then one more cool creature, another reptile, the Skybalonyx Scaptor. That one's kind of fun to say, Skybalonyx. It sounds like an airline. Yeah, well, I'm I flying Skybalonyx Sky out to New York, so, you know, one-way fare, 39 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why they named it that. In fact, that didn't come up uh, in any of the research. So uh, the Skybalonyx Scaptor is part of the drapanosaur group of reptiles. shot everyone <laughs> uh, that is classified by enlarged second claws bird beaks and tails with claws on the end oh i don't like that uh so now leaving science behind and moving on to the curse oh yes in 1906, the Petrified Forest was declared a national monument, and visitors were encouraged to not take any of the rocks. Yeah. Any- Stop taking crap from national parks and monuments, people. Exactly. Leave no trace. That means don't leave any trash and don't take anything away. Yep. So starting in the 1930s, visitors who had swiped a bit of petrified wood from the park have started had reported bad luck following their theft. Good. Letters accompanying returned rocks claim the rocks are to blame for breakups, pet deaths, arrests, and physical ailments like kidney stones. The only thing I feel bad about is pet deaths. And real quick, okay, can I tell you a little story real quick? Of course. So when I was in China um, studying abroad, I went to a temple and I knew very limited Mandarin when I was in China. And because of that, we traveled as a group and we had some some translators that helped us when we were off campus because the international students were very welcoming there. And then the, the students from the college were also very welcoming. So we were all able to kind of figure out language. And like when we were around Dalian, we were able to like kind of help each other out. And we went to this temple and I'm taking pictures everywhere because, you know, when am I ever going to be able to come back to China? Um, at this point, who knows? And I took a picture of this really, really pretty temple. As soon as I took it, the, the translator was like, and we shouldn't, and don't take a picture of this because it is a curse if you take a picture of this <laughs> temple. And I was like literally frozen in fear with my camera because I would never disrespect anything like that and take a picture if I had known that I should not have taken a picture. But I was just walking ahead of everyone because, you know, we're all strolling and they're talking and I'm listening and I say, oh, that's really pretty. Let me snap a photo. So turns out back in when I was 19 years old, I took, well, this actually might be an explanation for a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I took a picture of a temple that apparently has cursed me. So I'm cursed. Um, starting to, This is starting to make a lot of sense now, actually. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to uncurse that, though. I feel like at this point it's too late. So I was like, I guess I'm cursed now. Yep. Well, too bad. Yeah. So park staff have too bad. (laughs) You're a monster. I'm I'm very unsympathetic to the needs of others. Okay, so park staff have collected more than 1,200 letters since 1934 because scattering the stolen bits about the park would compromise the integrity of future research. There is a pile of return of the returns called the conscious pile. Hmm. My favorite conscience letter is as follows. Ooh. Yes. I am writing this letter in hopes of easing my conscience and saving the most important thing of my life, my marriage. Against my better judgment, I removed three rocks, which my husband discovered hidden in my brassiere. (laughs) Since then, being a true Christian, he has constantly told me of my wrongdoing. 
I am afraid that our marriage is on the rocks. Pun not intended. <laughs> Did that she was, do? Was the pun not intended you or her? That's me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want all of my eight children to see your park in the same condition that I saw it in. I am keeping one rock to remind myself <laughs> of the le- of the lesson I learned the hard way. I am enclosing 20 cents for you to buy another rock to replace the one I am keeping as a token of my guilt. I would appreciate it if you would buy one to replace the other very much. It would so ease my burdened conscience. Also enclosed are the other two pieces. Please forgive me and keep up the good work. Thank you. Is this a gag letter? Are you kidding me right now? Well, this this letter, I... It was hard to read the date on it, but I think it was from like 1965. So 1965. Oh God. 20 cents. Are you kidding me? What is that? What what is that nowadays? Hold on. They had like penny candy back then. Okay. So here, buy a whole bunch of candy. And then with the spare, you can buy yourself a rock from the ancient times. 1965. Mm -hmm. 20 cents to now. Um, Oh my God. What? It's $16.50. Yeah, that could buy you a rock. What I think is ridiculous about this letter, though, is she's like, buy yourself a rock from yourself to replace the rock that I am not giving back. (laughs) And my eight children and I might be out on the streets. I'm going to keep this rock. Here's 20 cents. Yes. So weird. Um, But perhaps the curse is just self-fulfilling prophecy created by park warnings that the chunks of petrified wood would bring them bad luck. So there were warnings posted around the park and near the exits, especially that said that if you take anything, you will be cursed. Okay. I applaud this deterrent to thievery, but where did that, like, did they have anything to substantiate that? Or is it just like, hey, by the way, you touch anything, you're cursed. So I... I read in one article that the idea probably came from like a Hawaiian park where they were saying, don't take the lava stones because, or the volcanic stones, because you'll be cursed. And they thought that would be a deterrent. And that's why they used it there. Okay. So they're just copying off another park. I think so. And that is the petrified forest. Well, I'll be sure not to rob them of anything because I'm not a monster. And I'm already cursed, so maybe... Oh, you know what? Maybe if I pick up a rock there, I can be uncursed for my current curse. No. I'm not going to take it. I'm just going to, like, rub it real quick like a genie lamp. Mm. I mean, I don't think there's any rules against rubbing the rock. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. (laughs) So I am going to tell you about the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Taking Mm. it back to my old country. Good old New Jersey. (laughs) So the New Jersey Pine Barrens, also known as the Pines, cover more than seven counties in good old New Jersey. It is the largest pine barren in the Atlantic Coastal Pine Barrens, which are rare temperate coniferous forest ecoregions. Say that three times fast. Cool. I knew what all of that meant. Oh, good. Well, if you don't, a temperate coniferous forest is a forest that has warm summers and cool winters and mostly has needle leaf trees in it. So like pine trees. Or things Mm -hmm. that look like pine trees. Very cool. Why are these forests rare? Because of deforestation for development. Only 10% of these forests remain from their original recorded size. Not sure how the original recorded size was uh, calculated. There is no information on what it was. So we're just going to have to take it at the scientist's word that they're at 10% now. 
Hmm. That's really sad. Which I can kind of believe because if you look up and down the East Coast, like there is a lot of development. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the Pine Barrens actually end in Maryland. So we only have like a tiny part of the New Jersey Pine Barrens. It's mostly in Pennsylvania and of course, New Jersey. Oh, I'm sure I've been in them then. Probably. Because we go hiking uh, in this place called Caledonia that's got lots of like beautiful pine trees. Yeah, it's pretty gorgeous. It's a shame that, well, we'll get into it a little bit more. Okay, so other pine barrens include the Long Island Central Pine Barrens in the New Jersey neighbor of New York and the Massachusetts Coastal Pine Barrens, which obviously is in Massachusetts. All of these pine barrens are now being conserved. So a little happy news there. They're like, okay, I think we've destroyed it enough. We're going to, you know, protect it now. Good. Pine barrens have sandy, poor nutrient soil. So not great for growing crops, but great for the pine trees that call them home. In a weird twist, they depend on forest fires for some of their trees to reproduce. Like the smaller pine trees are about four feet. They need the fires to clear out the plants and other trees so that they can grow, like continue to grow. That being said, they need that through naturally occurring wildfires, not the increasingly man-created ones, which are a threat to the area. So it's a very thin line to walk. Interesting. How do natural ones start? Like by lightning or? I want to say it's really, really dry pine needles and stuff like that. And some sort of incendiary? Incendiary. Incendiary. Some sort of incendiary something. I did not actually look into how naturally occurring wildfires happen. I think it was probably something like lightning. Okay. Or maybe it's like a rock, like it's picked up by the wind and then dashes against another rock and then starts a fire. I have created a fire from <laughs> from like literally just rocks. And let me tell you, it's really hard to do. So I don't think that's the way it's going. The New Jersey Pine Barrens contain approximately 1,100,000 acres or 4,500 square kilometers for all of the European listeners we don't have. And <laughs> yep. Always always throwing the numbers out there for the Europeans. I got you, even though literally none of you listen to us. All right. 4,500 square kilometers. And going back to it covering over seven counties in New Jersey, that equates to 22% of New Jersey. Hey, that's pretty big. Yeah. So one-fifth of the state, according to Wikipedia, it hosts 850 species of plants, with 92 considered endangered. It also has 39 species of mammals, 300 of birds, 59 reptiles, and 91 fish. And of those, 43 are considered endangered. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never thought of fish as, like, being endangered. I mean, that's stupid. I should have. But to say, overfishing is, like, a serious issue. It is, for sure. I don't know why I never thought of it. I mean, it's probably one of those things out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Besides this area being a truly beautiful part of our country that we need to protect, it also has another claim to fame. Do you care to guess? The Jersey Shore. Um, Close. The Jersey Devil. Oh, oh, oh. I was going to ask if you were covering that earlier, and then I was like, she'll get to it. Yep. The good old Jersey Devil. So. Cool. The Jersey Devil, also called the Leeds, L-E-E-D-S, Devil, is said to lurk in the pines. It is described as looking like a kangaroo with a horse-slash-goat-like head, wings, horns, and claws. Legend says it's the 13th child of Jane Leed, who, after finding out she was having a 13th child, just straight-up cursed it. She was like, I'm done. 13 kid. It's going to be the devil. Mm. I would have cursed it, too. 
personally, I would have had a conversation with the guy who I'd had the other 12 kids with and been like, dude, <laughs> we need to talk about all these kids. Enough is enough. So, yeah, Jane found out that she was having a 13th child and she was like, I guess this is happening. So she gets to the point where the, the child's getting ready to be born and everything's pretty status quo. Like family comes over to help her with the baby. And she said it is said that the baby came out completely normal, like normal kid, 10 fingers, 10 toes, head where it's supposed to be, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's awful where else would the head be i don't know but then it began to morph into the monster i discussed earlier and it started screaming and attacking everyone in the room before escaping up the fireplace i also heard anti-santa yeah i know i also read something that said that it um it ate everybody in the room but i'm like it's a baby who the hell i mean how is it it's not big enough yeah it's like what? How how tall are babies? A foot? Mm. We know nothing about childbirth, and please don't tell us because I still think I might have one. And if you if you give me any details on it, I probably won't. So after he ate his entire family as a baby and or just screamed a lot and hissed and ran up the fireplace, <laughs> the quote devil began its career of very vague sightings from people, in my opinion, were either drunk and saw a bald eagle slash other large bill <laughs> slash other large bird which was very common in the area or just wanted attention or maybe both. So Wait, are drunks also common in the area or is it just bald eagles? My thought is it's 1735. The yeah. water, the water there though is supposed to be really pure. You know, the big, um, you know how they say in New York city, the water is like amazing. Mm-hmm. It's because of the pines because they, the, like the pine trees in the pine barrens filters the water. So when Mm -hmm. it gets down to the area where they, you know, they pump it out for the city, Mm -hmm. it's like super, super pure. Mm. So that's a a fun fact. That's why New York pizza is so good. Mm, I didn't even think of that. But water is really important when you're cooking. Yeah. And New York pizza is amazing. Yeah, it is. So here are some of the early sightings of the New Jersey Devil and what I think actually is what they saw. Number one, (laughs) a Commodore, which is like something to do with ships at one point claimed to see it flying above him while he was inspecting the cannonballs that he had, you know, ordered and they were delivering at a local mill. He fired upon it with a cannonball and it did nothing. Here's what I think actually happened. Dude saw a cloud and (laughs) needs to look into getting some old timey spectacles. Oh yeah. What's his name? Probably hadn't come up with bifocals yet. Was that Benjamin Franklin? Yes. Okay. We only know that because of national treasure. National treasure is a national treasure. Yeah, it is. What up, Nick Cage? Add us, Nick Cage. We'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> we cannot pay you. Sorry. No, um, we cannot. <laughs> number two, the older brother of Napoleon Bonaparte, Joseph. Oh. So how do you get Napoleon and then you get Joseph? Here is Catholics. Napoleon and his brother, Joe. <laughs> he had like some sort of estate in the Pines and he was out hunting one day and he said he saw it. I don't know if he fired upon it or not, but... <laughs> Dude saw a bald eagle and maybe hit the wine a little too early in the morning. I mean, 17 whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just, you know, you're going out hunting. You might shoot your friend in the face like that one politician not too long ago. Dick Cheney? Yeah. Didn't he shoot someone like in the face or something? I, I think so. Yeah. Whatever. He saw a bald eagle and that's that. I'm. He did not see the Jersey Devil. All right. All right. All right. Number three. In 1840, so a little while later, like 100 years later. 
People said that the Jersey Devil was eating their livestock. That's very chupacabra. It's semi-chupacabra, but you have to think about it this way. The Pine Barrens have been known to have, one, black bears, two, cougars, three, wolves, four, bobcats, five, coyotes. Take your pick on this one. Something's eating your livestock. It's not the Jersey Devil. That's probably true. The same goes for the people who claim to have seen glowing eyes in the dark. Shine some light in an animal's eyes and you're going to get glowing eyes. Yeah, especially like a cat. Cats have like really reflective eyes. Exactly. So 1840, they were like, oh, it's eating our livestock. No, it's not because it doesn't exist. (laughs) Number four. (laughs) And you're going to look. It never happened. Although I do believe, I do believe Annabelle is, is possessed, but we'll have to agree to disagree. No, that never happened. It. May have happened. No. Yes. Number four. In January of 1909, so we are getting closer to modern day times, but we're still pretty far back. 100 years. Over 100 years. It's 2021. Oh, God. Reported sightings got so out of hand that widespread media coverage prompted the closure of schools in the Delaware Valley, the Delaware Valley out of fear. So people are like, it's out there. It's out there to attack us. And they shut down schools. The Philadelphia Zoo posts a reward for the capture of the Jersey Devil. Amazing. I think I think I read it was like $10,000 back in 1909. It was like a crazy amount of money. It's probably because they knew it didn't exist and it was just for funsies. Well, here's the sad part. So people like killed animals and like Dr. Frankenstein them into like what they thought the Jersey Devil was supposed to look like and then tried to turn them into the Philadelphia Zoo. And the Philadelphia Zoo was like, we're a zoo. We know that's not <laughs> legit. My God, people are monsters. Yeah, it was it was not great. So if the Jersey Devil isn't real, how did it come to be the famous creature of the night that it is? There are a couple explanations on how this creature's story got its wings. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. All right. So getting back to it. Why is the Jersey Devil a thing? The first possible reason is mass hysteria. The Pine Barrens are a vast, wild area that people are coming to from different countries. They are experiencing this new ecosystem for the first time. Then they see something they don't understand and they try to rationalize it. People often demonize things that don't they don't understand. And bam, you got yourself a monster, you know? So these are probably European settlers. Yes. And uh, in European lore... I mean, not all European lore, but like German and English and French. The forest is like an area of like danger and mystery Mm -hmm. and dark magic. So I can see they would try to figure things out through that lens. Yeah. The area was also unfarmable. So a lot of outcasts of society and also those who were up to no good, like robbers, poachers, fugitives, hid out in it. And they had plenty of space to hide out. It had not a great reputation because, oh, and here's another part of it. So this was back during like the Revolutionary War. And apparently a lot of people who were in support of the British would hide out in the pines and like attack people. And they didn't always attack people who were pro I want to say pro-America, but that's not the right way to phrase it. Pro-independence from the UK. Uh, Sorry, pro-independence from Britain. But they kind of sought them out. So a lot of people, they've kind of just, there's a lot of bad juju associated with um, this area for a lot of different reasons. The second possible origin of the Jersey Devil. So the first one is that people, mass hysteria, it was a dark forest. They were like, there's got to be something in here that's going to murder us. 
And the second possible origin is related to politics and religion because isn't everything. Yep. So this goes back to the Jersey Devil's other name, the Leeds Devil. So remember this lady? She had 13 kids. Her name is Jane Leed. 13th kid, she was like, this is the devil because I have to give childbirth 13 times. Now, (laughs) I did some digging and I found multiple accounts of who the leads may have been. So there are many different accounts on who the leads were. There are different names. There's a different like mom. There's different kid amount. Like there are different amounts of kids that they had, different places where they lived. Basically, there's no solid story about them. Mm. So it's kind of a rumor of a rumor, essentially. Mm -hmm. It changes from account to account. What stays the same, however is that this family was involved in some way in politics slash religion that other people were not in favor of. So each story is a little bit different. Like one was like opposing a political person that was like really favored in the in the community. Another one was a little bit interested in the more spiritual aspect of religion, but ostracized because of that. One mm-hmm. of them apparently had beef with Benjamin Franklin over an almanac. <laughs> Basically, what it boils down to is people didn't like their politics slash religion and they were labeled monsters. And from there, it just kind of snowballed and it was like, oh, yeah, they had a demon child and blah, 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 and called the Leeds Devil. Interesting. Yeah. To summarize, the Jersey Devil isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) But the Pine Barrens are and they are something that we should protect. Yeah, they're like kind of a badass forest. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I want to go there. We should hike there sometime. We should. So if you would like to reach out to us and give us your opinions on this week's subject, you can find us at eothepodcast at gmail.com. We also will be posting some photos to go along with today's episode on our Instagram, Encyclopedia Obscura. And we also have a Twitter handle. So tweet us at eothepodcast and let us know your weird, mysterious, or obscure ideas for a future episode. Thank you for listening. My name is Casey. And I'm Karen. And this is Encyclopedia Obscura.